Are you struggling to get better at golf on your own? Let me tell you something. Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, even Tiger Woods have one thing in common. They all have personal golf instructors. So if the best players in the world have them, why shouldn't you? When I finally decided that I wanted to get better at golf, I called my buddy Jason Gandy at Willow Creek Golf Club. Jason is a phenomenal player that used to dabble in mini tours and a former caddy on the PGA Tour, and now is using his skill set and knowledge to help others in the game he loves. You can get in touch with Jason at Gandy Golf. That's at, at G A N D Y Golf on Instagram or Twitter. And if you're not in the East Tennessee area, that's no problem. He has the proper technology to help you wherever you might be in the world. Once again, hit Jason up with a DM at Gandy Golf, that's at G-A-N-D-Y Golf on Instagram or Twitter, and tell him the boys from the turn sent you, and he'll give you his best deal. This is The Turn, Fantasy Golf Podcast. We're just two dudes talking about golf, just like we do every week on the phone, and we decided, hey, let's record it and share it with the rest of the world. If you like what you hear, wherever you're listening, give us a follow, a good review, a good rating. It goes a long way for us. And don't forget to share with your buddies either. One thing you're always going to hear from us on the turn is rotoballer.com. Rotoballer.com is a one-stop shop for all your daily fantasy needs. Whether you're looking for stats, injury reports, or good articles to read. And there's even a lineup optimizer that built into the software. And right now, due to the COVID-19 outbreak, Rotoballer is offering 50% off the golf premium package for the rest of the season. And when you're signing up, if you sign up with the promo code NICE, N-I-C-E, you'll get an additional 10% off that price. So go to rotoballer.com and sign up for the golf premium package and use the promo code NICE. And now, it's time for the turn, Fantasy Golf Podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Turn Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Andrew Putters. I'm here with my buddy Joe Nicely. And uh, it is major season officially 2020. A lot of things going on this week. uh, Coming off a no-cut WGC where none of the people uh, withdrew which is kind of surprising that they weren't going to go ahead and get a head start. But, uh, Joe, let's start off with you. Big weekend, celebrating 20 years, postgraduate. What else you got? What else did you have going on this week? Did we we hit any golf up this week? I know you'd have to get that in there, man. Yeah, Yeah, we had my my 20-year high school class reunion uh, Saturday, and it was actually a lot of fun. Enjoyed it. Uh, got to see some people that I hadn't seen since high school. Uh, it's kind of kind of one of those things I was kind of dreading going uh, in a couple of days leading up to it, but but then really glad I did once I went. So we did that down in Knoxville and downtown, and it was it was really fun. Had a good time. Played a little golf Sunday, but my game is not going right now. <laughs> and coming off the class reunion, things weren't clicking too well. So I've got about. Ten and a half holes in, and hit the eject button there Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon. Came home and uh, watched the end of WGC. Had a little sweat, so that's why yeah. that was my weekend. It was pretty fun. Uh, had a, had a good week uh, with the WGC, right in the mix up until the end. Um, had some bets that, that were looking good. 
hit on JT, just small, had Brooks really big, really wanted that one to come through. Um, but yeah, man, that was my weekend. What about you? Did you did you paint or put a crib together or anything? Well, uh, I was supposed to be going to French Lick, Indiana tomorrow morning for uh, about two years ago. My dad and my brother and myself started a little little trip where we go play somewhere different every year and we're headed up to the front French Lick Resort. And I uh, was very, we ended up having to cancel because the, uh, the courses were still open, but the resort was pretty much closed. The days, you know, they were just basically the resorts only kind of open like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we're going to be there Tuesday, Wednesday. And uh, uh, we were kind of bummed on that because I mean, the, it's got a Don Ross course and a Pete Dye course, the number one and number two courses in the state of Indiana. Uh, you know, had a big, huge uh, steakhouse. The guy that built the resort is the same guy built uh, where the Kentucky Derby's held. So he kind of built that resort for his friends to come watch the the horse races back in the day, you know. So it was a very historic place. We were looking forward to it. But so we had to cancel that, you know, for that's this stinking COVID-19 deal. And, uh, and then, um, so, but we, we threw in a little, all, we threw in, we brought in a, a little emergency situation and uh, we actually are driving Northeast two hours tomorrow to play the Virginian golf club with the golf course, which is, it's an amazing track. I play there quite a bit. Uh, so we're, we're, well, at least we're getting to do that. My brother's never been there. So. That's good. Fun. That's yeah. good. But a, lot no, of as, a lot of Garth Brooks on the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, far as, you know, as far as what I did this weekend, he, my brother's in town. So we goofed off and uh, we actually got his drone and found Mapes on the golf course and got a little video of Mapes <laughs> teeing off and sent it to him. Uh, but uh, yeah, we just kind of goofed off, let the kids swim, play, have a good time. And they were counting down the weeks. We got about six, seven weeks till we pop another kid, you know? Uh, I know. I know it's it's coming right around the bend. Yeah, and I, and I and I actually I threw out on the on the Twitter this weekend is it a, you know the state mid am is held at Southwind and uh, it's it's gonna be when the baby's about two weeks old and I I, I already went to the wife and was like hey you know I got this idea how about we take a little vacation to Memphis <laughs> for our anniversary getaway we'll go hit up Graceland and uh, that was shot down quickly she <laughs> saw right so. through. She saw right through my. So. She saw right through my my intentions there, but uh, I guess Miss Poor is a patient, understanding woman, but maybe not that patient and that understanding. That, that's right. I mean, uh, yeah, she saw right through that. Let's just say, uh, but let's let's go back to last weekend. Uh, this was kind of my feeling going into it. I've said I've for a long time that I cannot stand no cut events, uh, but. As Thursday, Friday, Saturday went on, I was like, oh, I'm starting to get a hold of this of <laughs> no-cut events. Uh, you know, things were going really well, and I know things were going well for you. Um, let's start out with a shout-out from last week. Chez Reavy. Chez Reavy, the, the, the poor boy, Andrew Putter's hot streak continues, baby, with Chez. I'm telling you what, man, he was – I mean, he was looking – he had top five locked up at $6,700 in a field like that. Um, and had that little late bogey, I think dropped to about ninth or 10th or something. Uh, you, you, you talked about Brooks and JT a lot. 
Um, and you even brought up Phil, who was right there too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One thing, you know, I was telling you before, um, I kind of, you know, stopped watching there for a little bit. I was watching quite a bit of it and uh, picked up my phone and looked, and there was a five-way tie. Were you watching at that point? What kind of happened there? It looks like from just looking at the shot length that Brooks basically gave the tournament away at the end. Or... <clears throat> yeah, he did late. Um, there were there were several guys in the mix to start the day. Um, and then as, as we started getting wound down, it, it started – it started thinning out a little bit, but Brooks was right there. Um, he was on 16, which is a par five, uh, with a, a pretty tough, pretty tough pitch from just off the green. Um, when, when he hit it, I thought it was going in the hole and it ended up, it was on a down slope, caught the down slope. And instead of going in the hole, uh, for Eagle, it goes off the green. Um, and, and Brooks ends up making a mess the hole. Then he comes back and birdie 17 to kind of give himself a little little bit of a chance, uh, but then hits it in the water on 18 off the tee. So that that was it. Um, he was right there in the thick of it, just like, just like we we talked a lot about Brooks. We said it was a real interesting storyline last week um, and this week, and really we saw what we wanted to see. Um, at least I did personally. I, I wanted to see if he could kind of start flipping that switch like we know he does. Um, didn't necessarily have to win to feel good about him this week. We just wanted to see something from him. Um, we certainly did. He came out with an opening round 62. Uh, looked amazing Thursday. Uh, so uh, it's all systems go for Brooksy this week. Um, JT, we talked about being our favorite player at the top of the board. Um, he, he's just played so well, played so well tee to green. And, and once again, did that at Southwind to get the win. Um, a lot of other guys we locked up there, like you said, Chaz. Touched on Phil. Uh, Daniel Berger was a play that I really felt well about. He played great. Uh, fought back after kind of a sluggish start. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick played well until a, until a kind of late blow up. Uh, but, yeah, man, uh, we were we were really on it last week. A lot of good plays and, and looking forward to this week, staying hot for the major. Yeah, I feel like the, really the only play I feel like that was whiffed on was the Paul Casey deal. Um, not saying that we were really on him or anything, but there's no what reason why you wouldn't be on Paul Casey on that track. Even the week before, too, uh, <laughs> in Minnesota or up, yeah, is Minnesota? No, deep, yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, um, Casey. Casey was just purely a price play, man. Uh, and, and even though he had he had not finished well, he missed the cut in Minnesota. Um, same at the Memorial. Even though he missed those cuts, he'd actually gained ground. Uh, in ball striking rankings, um, which is kind of crazy, but he had he'd actually been striking the ball really well um, off the tee and on approach. He just kind of had some fluky, weird things happen uh, to miss cuts. He putted horribly at Minnesota. So at his price tag last week, um, you thought maybe he can come around with where his ball striking was, but it was a disaster, man. It, it, it really hurt a lot of great lineups for me last week. Um, Paul Casey did, so he's he's working himself closer to the to the list, the list you don't want to be on. Yeah, we 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 coined the list a couple of years back. If you played bad, you got put on the list in our group text, and it was always kind of a comedic thing. But uh, yeah, we talked about it last week. Uh, this golf course is the number two spot for balls in the water uh, on tour. Maybe you said it was leading tour. We was talking about number eleven being the second uh, most balls in the water. 
and it did not disappoint. I think right out of the first group that played it on Thursday, two of them hit in the water made double and triple. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of what we thought. It what Basically, you laid it out. The cream's going to rise to the top at the end. Good ball strikers, good iron players. Not necessarily bombers, but hitting the ball a long way is obviously an advantage uh, just about anywhere. And speaking yeah. of hitting it long, it's major season. This golf course that we're talking about, the TPC Harden Park, uh, coming up, uh, definitely is going to favor the Bombers, wouldn't you say? I hate to say Bombers um, because Bombers to me kind kind of implies the more bombing gouge style. Um, but I think you definitely need to be long. Um, and it kind of sounds weird to say you need to be long and straight, but that's what we're looking for this week. Um, these guys are definitely going to need some length uh, with these long par fours, with, which we'll dive into a little bit more in a sec. But, yeah, I, I totally agree. Length, length's going to be a factor this week. Yeah, and I, I guess I wasn't saying uh, – you say the not the bomb and gouge, but more of uh, the guys that have really, really long average uh, distance off the tee because I'm, this course really is going to take, I mean, probably somewhat of half the field out just with the length part. Uh, on the ability to win, not not the ability to compete, but the ability to win. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. Um, I think we're going to see some guys struggle with the with the length of a lot of these par fours. Um, it's not going to come in huge yardage wise on the card, um, but we're going to see it play pretty long. Um, there's several. I think there's going to be seven or eight probably par fours playing over 450 yards. Um, so it's going to put a lot of pressure on these guys off the tee. Um, there are a lot of dog legs on this on this course. They're going to have to position themselves well. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think length is, is something we need to give some weight to uh, when we're evaluating guys this week. Yeah, absolutely. So, let's give, I'm going to give you a little rundown of the course. TPC Harden Park in San Francisco, uh, California. Uh, it's playing as a par 70 this week, normally a par 72. Uh, the card yardage is 72.34, but uh, – they're going to do some things uniquely with the, uh, a few holes this week, and it's going to play, as may, I've heard, as low as 69 and a half maybe one day. Uh, it was built in 1925. Uh, they renovated it in 2002, and I believe that's whenever the TPC brand took it over from a municipal golf course. Um, what do we know about this course? The only thing we know is that there's been a few tournaments played here in the past. In 05, the big cat himself in one of the most renowned – highlight reel tournaments of all time took down jd john daly in the third playoff hole of the wgc american express championship um we know about the after story on that <laughs> jd took his uh several uh six figure uh, uh big check like a uh, happy gilmore put in his uh mazda miata and drove to vegas and blew it all in the slot machine in an hour and a half but uh <laughs> But yeah, that that was that that was a great tournament. I remember that tournament very well. Uh, 2015, they had uh, another WGC match play event. I don't remember the exact name of it, but uh, Rory took down Woodland four and two in that one. Um, one thing I can tell you about these two tournaments I've already referenced is all four of those players hit it a long way, Joe. Yeah, uh, yeah, good point. Good um, point. Yeah. They've had three President's Cups, or they've had a President's Cup here in uh, 09, and it's going to return here in 2025. Here's a little stat to, to note on that. In 09, the Cat went 5-0 and in the President's Cup. 
They've also had three Charles Schwab championships here. Now that really matters because they play different tees, but that's what we know about this golf course. It has gotten some play uh, on TV. Uh, not a lot of people know about this golf course, quite frankly. If you'd, told, if you'd asked me who Tiger, where it was that Tiger beat JD in a playoff at, I could not have told you. So, um, but yeah, go back to that. Tiger, John Daly, Rory, Woodland, all four of those guys hit it a, a good ways. That's got that's going to be an advantage this week. So just go ahead and put that in. And you got to hit it long and straight off the tee. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, and and that brings a buddy of mine to mind, Charlie. Uh, from from everybody knows him, everybody loves him from the uh, Nagels Bagels Periscope. Charlie, my man, it is a total driving week. So shout out to Charlie. Big fan of Charlie. Uh, can't wait to see who he's on this week. But had to get that out there. It is a total driving week uh, this week, like like Charlie likes. Uh, but like you said, man, yeah, what little bit of course history we had to look back on here. Um, we see guys that hit a long way play very well, just like you said, Tiger, JD, uh, Rory, Woodland. Um, so it's something we got to take into account this week. Um, the, this this course is going to play a lot longer than it is on the card, I believe. I agree. Um, you know, it, just just from looking at the scorecard comparison, um, it doesn't seem a lot different than the course we just got done playing. Um, I have to. Yeah, I, I think it is. I I think it's it's funny you say that because it. I keep finding myself running back into these same guys that I was that I was on last week. Um, so that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, uh, I think we're going to see um, more harsh conditions around the greens, and uh, if you miss the fairway, uh, I, I believe there's not as much water on this golf course. But I mean, those par fours. Now, when those guys were hitting in the middle of the fairway. Uh, last weekend, I mean, you got to be honest, they were hitting, for the most part, eights, nines, and wedges in. And um, Yeah. But when they weren't hitting the fairway and they weren't getting the rollout, it was, um, you know, like I said, th these greens are going to be a little tougher than what we just saw, I, th I think. Around the greens, missing the fairways, it's going to be a bigger penalty. So who yeah, do you we like? think so. Yeah, <clears throat> we're kind of guessing to a certain extent, and we're assuming that, that – kind of the bomb and gouge, if you want to call it that, didn't want to work. Uh, because of this rough, from what we've heard, uh, we don't really know, but we're hearing it's, you know, four inches plus thick, uh, fairly penal with fairly narrow fairways. Um, so we don't think these guys are going to be able to bomb it down there uh, and still have a, have a reasonable shot at the green from the rough. But there again, we're guessing because we're not that familiar with this course. Um, so, so like you said, a lot of, a lot of emphasis on driving this week. Uh, not only length, but accuracy. Uh, so we, we need guys that can hit it long and straight. Yeah. And um, so who do you like? Saying all that, who do you like? Who are we going with? Who we start top down? Who we <clears> like? Well, I think we got to start at least talking about JT up at the top, uh, coming off a monster win last week uh, at the WGC. We, we really did like him, and I like him again this week, man. Um, we kind of traditionally run away from guys that won the week before, but – I think with JT's pedigree, with where his game is right now, with this being a major, I think we can throw all that out the window. I don't have – I'm not one bit reluctant to, to hop back on JT this week just because he's what we're looking for uh, on this golf course. Um, and that's that's players that are great, tee to green, uh, solid in every area of the game. That's what I'm looking for this week. I want guys that can do it all. 
And JT is doing it all better than pretty much anybody right now. I regained the number one ranking in the world last week with the win. Uh, so I have no trouble hopping right back to JT. Another guy right below him, kind of surprisingly, uh, we've been waiting for, seems like forever on this DraftKings pricing to come out. Uh, and we're just, we're just getting a look at it a little while before doing this. So bear with us, but kind of surprised to see Brooks up there. Um, I think DraftKings cut a lot of people off at the pass. I think, I think people were maybe expecting Brooks to be a little bit cheaper this week than where he's coming in right below JT. Um, but there again, I have no problem at all going right back to Brooks. I absolutely love him this week. Um, I think his performance in Memphis is going to really pump his ownership up, though. So I think he's going to be a popular option, whereas if he played mediocre last week, um, his ownership would have been a little bit depressed. But I think there's going to be a lot of people jumping on that Brooks bandwagon this week, man. But how do you go against the guy uh, with what he's done? He's won, he, he's won two PGA championships in a row. He's going for his third straight one this week. And, and if last week's any indication, he's going to be right there in the mix. Um, you got any thoughts on Brooks? You like him this week or JT? Now, I love, I, I'm always – I love JT constantly because he just hits his iron so good. Um, and when they're dialed in, like we saw, I guess, at uh, – they're dialed in at the Travelers. They're dialed in at, at – um, they're actually dialed in at Hilton Head. He just didn't make any putts. Um, dialed in this past week. I mean, it's like he was eight foot every hole. On Sunday, he could have shot 62. Easy. I mean, I think what he yeah. shoot, 400, 300 or something. He could have shot way, way, way lower. Um, but uh, Brooks – it definitely got a different gear, but it's weird seeing him play so many weeks in a row. We're not used to that. Um, and definitely, and, and, and since, you know, doing this show, I'm paying attention to it a lot more. It's really weird to watch Brooks that he just, there's moments where the, the, get, the, the give a care is gone. Um, but maybe that's his personality. Uh, it could just be his personality. You know, he well, lives. I think we've seen that. We've seen that from him in the past. I mean, we we kind of joke that it's a rule, but that you don't play Brooks in regular tour events, right? Um, so, I mean, I don't think it's anything new. Um, I think a lot of it, though, has been frustration with that stems from the knee injury, uh, with with his game not not quite being where he wanted it to be. And I almost feel like he's been playing all these events to kind of try to play himself into shape if that makes any sense. I mean, you're a lot better golfer than I am, so you kind of know more about that. But I get the sense that he has almost been trying to play himself into shape, like he's been working to get to this point. Uh, and we really saw a lot of progress last week uh, in Memphis. So, I mean, I feel personally like he's primed, he's ready to go. Um, these things are hard to win. I don't think you can just come out and say, hey, Brooks is going to win. Uh, but I definitely think he's going to be in the mix. I think he's going to be in contention. Uh, on the weekend this week. Yes, uh, they're definitely the top two um, guys at the top, obviously, in pricing. Uh, you look right below that, and you got Rory McIlroy, who we've said on every show that we've had on that he can win any tournament on any golf course any time. Um, man, his putting looked abysmal uh, this weekend. I mean, <clears throat> Green is making bogey, period. Uh, it's yeah. hard to watch. Uh but, you know, with him, it never know when it's going to click, you know. And yeah, that's that's true. Um, I actually wrote Rory up this week in my Horse for the Course article um, over at Red Baller. 
um, because he did win the match play here in 2015. Um, and I think he's really, with, with all this hype around Brooks and obviously JT, um, it sounds weird to say, but Roy might go a little bit overlooked this week. Um, I think a lot of people that go up that high will go ahead and go to Brooks or go to JT. So Roy's a very interesting kind of contrarian, if you want to if you want to call it that, early in the week so we don't know his ownership projections. I, I'm just going based on feel that he, he might go a little bit overlooked. Yes, he's not in the best form, uh, but like we've said on here almost every week since we've been doing this, he can win any week uh, on any course against any field. He's done it here before. Um, he's st still hitting his driver great. He's gained strokes off the tee and tee to green in every start after the after the restart. Uh, he's just had some bad weeks with the irons, had some bad weeks with the putter, um, had some bad chipping weeks, just not had everything clicking quite like he did before. Uh, but he's still had that driver well, and that's very important here. Hits a draw off the tee, which is another thing that might go a little bit overlooked this week. A lot of these guys now hit a cut, um, and Rory's one of the guys that still hits a draw. There are tons of dog, leg, dog legs left on this course. So Rory's draw um, is probably going to be a big deal this week, I think. I think that ball flight will help him. I think he's hitting his driver well. If things click, um, could be an interesting kind of pivot up there at the top off JT and Brooks. Yeah, I, I agree. I think his ownership is going to be way down considering this, considering uh, of his form. Um, you know, below him, I'm, I'm off Rom, I'm off DeChambeau. Uh, you can't, I don't feel like you can play Xander at that price. Um, so I'm probably not highlighting another guy until I get to Cantlay, to be honest with you. I like Xander a lot this week. Yeah, he played. He played well. I mean, he played well. I just, man, it just feels like he's always there and in these majors and on these tough courses. And I feel like that's what this is going to be. Um, I feel like he's he's just not had everything click yet. But he's had some really good ball striking weeks recently. He had not a great one last week, but he gained like over six strokes around the green. And I just feel like he he can if he's having a bad week or day in one area he's so um he's so good at everything that he can make up for what he's doing badly uh, by doing something else really well if that makes any sense um but I, I really like xander this week on this course i wish the price was a little bit cheaper um but i i like his chances man i, I think he'll be there in the mix i really do uh come saturday sunday i think just because he's so good in every aspect of the game, I think that's what's going to be needed this week. Uh, he hits a ton of fairways. He's really good with his driver. He's got, got enough length. Um, hits the irons well. Can scramble. Can putt. You know, putting we all know can be hit or miss. But I, I, I really do like Xander this week. I just, I'm like you. I wish the price was a little bit cheaper. Yeah, um, speaking of wishing the price was cheaper, um, it's going to be hard to play two guys that I love to play. And uh, for some reason, uh, I was with him forever and quit playing him in 2020, and that's Jason Day at 8,400. He's too expensive at 8,400, uh, but his form has come to – he's playing great. I mean, he's probably playing like he the is. best player in the world right now. Uh, yeah, he's he's looked good. Um, I, I've not been on Day for years, honestly. I know you're a big Jason Day guy. Um, I'm probably more interested in him this week than I have been in a long time. 
Um, I'm still a little bit concerned about his accuracy off the tee, um, but we know um, that he comes to play in these majors. Um, I was I was doing a little research on him the other day for this, and uh, do you know he's got four seconds in majors in his career? That's pretty crazy. Um, he's he's always in the mix, and I I like him on these tough layouts like this. Yeah, he's a, he's a, his strongest part of his game is is what is his putting and that he has said numerous times that he, when he is practicing, he is probably spending 90% of his time putting on his uh, practice at home. And, and so uh, it obviously shows, I mean, he can grind out. He's a grinder when he, when he's playing well, he's a grinder. Um, yeah. That's one thing also, I mean, about Tiger too. Uh, I love to play Tiger because he's going to play to We got to, we got to talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to, we got to talk about him. 9,200. Um, his game was definitely not there for the Memorial, but he grinded it out. Uh, I mean, he didn't play horrible, considering the field. Uh, one really, really bad, questionable day, obviously, Friday. Um, but what do you I mean? What are you thinking about the cat? Uh, I have concerns, man. Uh, this week, um, I'm kind of right now with him. I'm expecting the worst, hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. Um, I think he can play really, really well on this golf course if he were healthy. Um, but I'm concerned that he's not fully healthy. Uh, I'm concerned that he's not played a lot. Uh, and I'm also, I don't know how, how valid a concern it is, but I'm also a little concerned about the weather, what the weather's going to be out there. It's, it's California in August, but it's San Francisco. So it's going to be a little cool. Um, it's going to be a little damp uh, in the mornings especially. And we saw that that really do damage to him at Pebble last year uh, in cooler conditions, horrible uh, in the open uh, over there and that, that kind of ugly weather. Um, so, like I said, I don't know if it should be a huge concern, but I don't think it's good for him, uh, certainly. I don't think the cool weather and dampness is going to hurt, is going to help him. Um, so, that's where I am with him. It's not a strong take on Tiger. I hope he does well. I'd love to see him play well. I think he, I think he can, uh, and he definitely could in, in better circumstances. But I, I'm just concerned that he's not quite there. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, yeah, I, I love to play him, though. I mean, he's a grinder. Yeah, I mean, he's fun to play. Yeah. Um, I, a guy really sticking out for me is uh, his pricing has dropped tremendously, and we should be all over him as Terrell Hatton. We got to be all over Hatton at eight eight thousand. Uh, he's right in there, sandwiched between P. Reed and Tony Finau, who are uh, pretty big uh, fantasy point getters. They make a lot of birdies. Uh, what's your take on those three? Um, Hatton, I really like. He he didn't play well at all last week, though, which I guess is it's it's kind of concerning. Um, but we've seen him play really well in limited starts. It seems like every time he's teed it up, he's been automatic. Uh, played really well from tee to green. Pretty basically done everything great. Uh, won the Arnold Palmer earlier in the year. Um, he's basically been a top five machine whenever he decides to tee it up, which hasn't meant a lot. Um, but he, he did lose strokes tee to green last week, uh, which is kind of concerning. You have to wonder about his length on this course. Uh, Reed, you can never – man, you just can never statistically get a beat on that guy to, pro to project or predict what he's going to do. Um, my only take on Reed is that we know he plays well in majors. We know he shows up. We know he's a grinder, uh, plays tough courses well. 
So, I mean, if, I think if he can find fairways uh, with his short game, he should be able to get, to get himself in the mix here. Uh, Finau, we know, is playing great golf. We know he certainly hits it long and straight, which is exactly what we're looking for. He's been, been playing great with his irons. Uh, you just worry about uh, his ability to close, which at 79, you don't necessarily need him to win the golf tournament. Um, so, so I think he's, a, he's an excellent play. Um, I'm trying to find who I really love in that, in that eight range. And I'm, I'm coming back to those three guys that are out there together, um, Berger, Morikawa, and Hovland. And I, I can't – this course sets up perfectly uh, for Morikawa and Hovland especially with their ball striking ability, but I'm a little bit concerned about their lack of experience in majors. Um, but I really do want to go there <laughs> with them because I, I think they're so talented and I think this course uh, – will play well for guys that just hit it good, tee to green, which they both do, both excellent drivers of the ball. Uh, Morikawa is one of the better iron players we've seen in years. Um, Berger's playing great. So I really want to go there, but I don't know if I can. What do you, you got any thoughts on those young guys uh, playing in this major championship? I mean, you, if you look at Hovland, the thing that really concerns me about his game is uh, that he is – painfully not good around the green. And we saw the little, 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 little option ride he had on Friday or Saturday. <laughs> little Haas rocket. Yeah, little Haas <laughs> rocket. Um, but, you know, these long, tight golf courses, he just seems to make it work. Shoot around even par, a couple under. He's just such a great ball striker, man. Yeah. Uh, he's such a great ball striker. He's only played in two majors, but he's played extremely well in two majors he played. He played in the Masters. He had like a – I think he was a low AM. He was like T32 or something. And then last year in the U.S. Open, I think maybe he was still an amateur or just turned pro. I think maybe he was still an amateur and he turned pro right after. But he had like a top 20 in the U.S. Open last year at Pebble Beach. Um, so, you know, I say I'm concerned about his inexperience, but – Kids played well. He's two for two <laughs> playing in the Masters in the U.S. Open, and he's been hitting the ball as well as anybody on the PGA Tour. Um, so I, I might have to get there with Hovland and, and Morikawa also. Yeah, yeah. Now, those three, uh, the Berger, Morikawa, Hovland, I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards the younger guys than over Berger. I'm just not a fan of the of Berger like you are. You've been yeah. playing for years. I'm just not a fan of him. That's pretty much it with him. Um, he has shown a lot of guts this year. Uh, since the comeback, he's been right there and battling and grinding and stuff like that, and not just playing the golf courses where if you hit your irons well, you win. But uh, he's been grinding. Um, you got youth right there and inexperience. Let's slide down a little bit further and two guys that uh, not been necessarily – we don't know about one of them at all since the shutdown. And the other one has played um, – had a top five and then played horrible since then. That's Adam Scott and Justin Rose. I feel like one of those two guys is going to be in the top five come Sunday because of just their their nature of being around the major championships. Yeah, that's a really interesting range right there. I mean, you can even toss Gary Woodland in there at 79, who I think is an interesting play. Um, he was runner-up to Rory here in the match play in 2015, um, and we, we saw him play – I don't want to say it's a comp course, but we saw him play well win at Pebble last year in the U.S. Open. Um, so we know he's a ball striker. 
Um, so I, I think you could even throw Gary Woodland in that conversation. But yeah, Scott, I mean, it's just so tough to play a guy that has not played in that long. Um, I mean, I think if anybody can do it, um, you'd maybe throw a couple names out there, probably Tiger and Adam Scott would probably be the two guys you'd throw out there. Um, so Adam Scott's certainly capable of going out there and playing well, but it's just such an unknown. You feel like it's such a gamble. Uh, Rose, we know he's capable, um, but he's been so all over the board uh, since the restart. Kind of thought he was getting back on track at the Schwab, um, but then things kind of went sideways on him. So, it, you know, I would almost lean Adam Scott or Woodland over Rose there for me um, just because he's – He's been so hit and miss. Uh, it's almost better taking the unknown with Adam Scott than than Rose right now. It's so crazy to even think that you're saying that out loud. That you know, wasn't even a year ago that you're you know not you in particular, but you would be in, you know you could roster Rose every week. He was a top ten machine, uh, and he was about nine thousand every week. And so yeah, he is. Yeah, it's it's been a noticeable decline, man, over the past. Um, 18 months since he signed that deal with with that Honda equipment, uh, which I think was at the start of last year. I think he, I think he did it on like New Year's Eve, uh, the first day of 2019 or something. And he won one time there shortly thereafter. Uh, but it's just been a it's been a slow decline, and I don't know that we can put it all on the equipment. He's back to tailor made now, but he's just not not been anywhere near that consistent Justin Rose that we that we could rely on there for years and majors in this spot. Uh, he, he's just not there right now. I'm off I'm off speed, a little lower there. I'm completely off of him this week. I was all over him last week. And, and really, I mean, the guy made a, two doubles and a triple, or he's right there in the mix, you know, like we've yeah, he, he played pretty well. Yeah, he um, played good. I was actually – he if, uh, if it hadn't been for um, really that – I think he had – that double Sunday. If he hadn't had that double Sunday, I mean, he's, he's right there in the top 10 area. Um, I'm still off Fleetwood. He hadn't got enough. We haven't seen anything out of him this year yet. Um, Abe Answer, though. He's, he's hitting the, he's hitting his irons great. Um, he popped out. He, he and Fleetwood both popped out right there. Fleetwood, I know he's not played. I know he's not looked great. Um, he shot 65 Sunday in Memphis. Um, so it kind of makes you feel like maybe he's finding a little something. He's, he gained strokes with his irons last week um, after a bad outing in Minnesota. Um, so I'm really interested in Fleetwood at 77 because if, if he's anywhere near the Tommy Fleetwood form that we know, um, another thing he's really good at is he doesn't necessarily go low all the time, but he's really good at going low on tough golf courses. Uh, we've seen it in U.S. Opens. Um, that that intrigues me this week on, on a course I think it's going to play pretty tough. I think it's going to reward good shots, um, but punish bad ones. I don't think it's going to be U.S. Open tough, but I think it's going to be fairly difficult um, for a lot of the field. So Fleetwood's ability to score well on tougher courses um, at 7,700, um, I'm definitely very interested in Fleetwood, but also interested in the answer there who you brought up. Didn't look great last week, um, but T to green, he's, he's been playing as well as pretty much anybody since the restart. We've talked about his iron play being phenomenal, especially in Hilton Head, but in other weeks. Uh, my only concern with him is his short game. 
it's the weakest part of his game. It's going to be tested this week. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in Lancer and Fleetwood both there at 77. Yeah, um, the 7,000 is very interesting from 7,000 to 7,900. There's tons of guys that you could see having a chance to win this week, tons of guys that are going to have easily be in the top ten if they just uh, don't make big numbers. I'm going to slide down to my pick of the week right now. Um, been on fire. Chaz, last week, you've been on absolute fire, so no pressure on a major week. Okay. major. We got a major championship game here. This guy checks that box. He's a major champion. He hits the ball long and very straight. Putt's good. Uh, you better not be, you better not say who I think you're going to say. Iron's good. And he only made four bogeys last weekend and shot three under. Henrik Stenson. Oh. Uh, okay. he, only made, he only made four bogeys last week and only shot three under. I mean, I don't even know how you do that. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. You sent me that text. I was like, huh? Yeah. I was, made, like the little, I was like the little screenshot or the, the gif or whatever, the guy like doing the calculations. Yeah. Like, how's that even happen? He made, okay, Stinson. I didn't see that one coming, but I, made, I like yeah. it. He's a ball striker. He's a ball striker. He made two bogeys on Thursday. He had a bogey free round on Saturday, uh, Friday. You had one birdie and one bogey on Sunday or Saturday. He had two bogeys and a birdie, two birdies and a bogey on Sunday. He had four bogeys for the whole weekend. I don't know how you do that and only shoot three under. He's thirty fifth. How's that happen? I don't know. Uh, but he's my guy this week. Now, I like it. It seems like, like he's it. either in the in the majors. It seems like he's either in the hunt or shoots eighty. I don't know why that happens. Uh, well, but, if we're if we're playing the millie maker, which uh, People watching this show probably play different things, but a lot of them are going to play the Millie Maker. Um, that name you just said is interesting, Henrik Stenson, because that's what we're looking for. We're looking for boomer bust guys. We're not worried, not very concerned with missed cuts because we got to have high finishes if we're going to if we're going to do anything in the Millie Maker. Uh, we need a we need a winner. We need top tens. Um, that's certainly a guy that can do it. Give you a lot of bang for your buck there at seventy one hundred. So I I really like that call, Andrew. That I wasn't a name I was expecting to hear, but I like it. I'll give you my guy down here. Go ahead. Um, who I think's kind of just kind of been quiet. We know we can play, like you said, like Stenson is a major champion, um, and just quietly kind of rounding in the form. And a guy that I like on this type of golf course is uh, Shane Lowry. I think he's an intriguing play there in the mid sevens. Um, don't think he's going to get a lot of ownership. Don't think a lot of people are going to get on him. But we've seen him come to play in some of these majors. We know he partied for about ten months after <laughs> after winning the Open. But I think he's finally sobered up because uh, he's looked looked pretty good. Looked good in Memphis last week. Um, this course kind of favors Europeans, I think, a little bit. Their style of play, fairways and greens, uh, sharp ball striking, good short games. Um, and he's just a guy that stuck out to me at that price. I mean, I think in the past we've probably seen him in the eights. Uh, but with some of his some of his form over the past year, he's down here in the mid-sevens, and, and he jumped out at me at that price. So my guy, my guy down there would be Shane Lowry. Yeah, I'd Shane Lowry is a uh, – he's a grinder, and he hits the ball dead straight, um, makes a lot of pars. That's what you got – that's what you want to be looking at, just like uh, with uh, Henrik Stenson. And that's why originally I, – I mean, I love Justin Rose in this spot. 
unfortunately, he's been playing so bad uh, that we can't be on that. But I'm with you, though, on I'll be having a lot of Woodland, a lot of Stinson on this, in that price range. That's that probably be my two guys in that range. Um, yeah, that, that 7K is a nice little range. Uh, I mean, and we talked about going back to guys from last week. Uh, we obviously don't want to try to overload that, but – Chaz Reeve is playing very, very good golf, man. Uh, has played played really good golf over the past month, and he is a fairway finder and a green finder. We know the putter is hit and miss, obviously, um, but he's an, I think he's an intriguing play again this week. Yeah, after you get down, you know, in the sixes, though, I feel like we can just keep on scrolling because. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm with you on that. I, I was kind of surprised. Usually there's some guys in these majors. Of course, as we mentioned earlier, we just, we're just now getting kind of a first glance at pricing, so it's a little bit tough. But usually there's some guys down there, especially in majors, that jump out right away. Um, that's not really happening for me yet. It looks like it's something where I'm going to have to work at a little bit to find uh, any sub-7K guys because nobody's just jumping right off the board at me. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to have to find some if we're if we're getting guys like JT and Brooks in there, uh, Rory and Xander up there at the top, guys like that. Um, we, we're going to have to come up with somebody down here. Um, you know, I wish there were more that popped out, but there's just not for me. Are you, are you feeling the same way about that? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of guys. I mean, I'm obviously going to give probably Lucas Glover a little bit of a look, even though I hate playing him. Um, we, don't, we don't talk about Lucas Glover on this show. <laughs> Yeah, we got, might as well probably give him a little look. Probably going to have to give uh, – He is on – Lucas Glover is on the list. <laughs> yeah. Probably have to give uh, Piercy a little bit uh, just because he hits it straight and long. Um, it wouldn't surprise – I mean, he, he, could, he can play a golf course like this, bogey-free. Not many people can. Um, you know, I, I want to I say that I'm going to give Jimmy Walker a look, but probably won't. He just doesn't seem like he's, he's – doesn't seem like that that's he's a you know this, this is a golf course that's so good for him though he hits it long and straight um that's right. good that's really good uh, other than that just really you, i gotta be up in the up in the seven so that might take some of the ownership away from the bigger guys i don't know um yeah maybe i i think i don't think there's a ton that people are loving down there and that they're gonna find a love i mean you mentioned kind of some of the veteran guys down there just some of the younger guys to hit on real quick but they really don't have what you'd call a major championship pedigree, but <clears throat> uh, Mackenzie Hughes has been popping up and with some monster low rounds just here and there. Um, you know, he's a guy you might consider. Um, you mentioned Glover, which who I don't play, but uh, I got to give you credit on that one. Um, but Straka, Seth Straka has been playing some good golf. Um, and even up there at seven, I think is uh, – Richie Wierenski, who we've kind of been riding here the past few weeks, won the Barracuda last week, which I know nobody talks about, but it's still a PGA Tour event. He went out there and beat 140-plus guys. So, uh, Wierenski, Hughes, Straka, uh, some kind of lesser-known names that, that you don't really think about in major championships. But, you know, if you're looking to save some salary, it might be legit options. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, before we head out, uh, I got a couple of things we want to talk about real quick. If uh, first time coming here, give us a give us a subscribe, hit our like button. It helps us out on YouTube. If you listen to us on the podcast, share it with your friends. Uh, you can find all, us at uh, at Joe Nicely on Twitter 
or at Andrew Putters on Twitter. And the show has actually got a Twitter account too, I believe. Is it at the Turn Golf Pod? At the Turn Golf Pod on Twitter, yeah. There you go, and uh, we got we got a little we got a little uh, little merch in the mail coming your way. If you uh, like, uh, if you follow us on Twitter, uh, subscribe to our YouTube page. Uh, we'll we'll hit you up in the DMs and uh, and get your address and send you a little sticker. We got a little little yeah fancy golf pod sticker. Yeah, we got a few of these. We're gonna give some away. Uh, we'd like to give everybody one that hits us up, and we'll try to get as many out as we can. But yeah, definitely like follow. Subscribe to the YouTube channel um, and hit us up. We'll try to get you something out uh, as best we can. Just trying to have some fun. They're awesome little uh, golf cart stickers. That's what we're calling them. Uh, a yeah. lot of our buddies over at the Beaver Brook Country Club are, are going to be rocking those on their golf carts here pretty soon. So we definitely want to get you in the in the turn club. So just hit us up, like, follow, all that good stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, uh, and real quick, Joe, hit us up on our title sponsor there, Roto Baller. Yeah, man, huge week for us over there. Uh, major championships always are. We've got an awesome product for you. Um, you can get the rest of the year right now using promo code NICE, N-I-C-E, uh, for 50 bucks. Or we also offer a one-week pass if you just want to hook us up and check out the majors. Um, I'm doing a PGA DFS Bible over there, which is almost every player in the field covered. Uh, Spencer has an, an amazing uh, betting article. Uh, rankings wizard over there. Josh Bennett's got an amazing uh, course breakdown. He goes hole by hole with Google, something that that's worth the price of admission this week by itself on a course we don't really know that well. Uh, Tommy Bell does value plays, so we got a ton of great stuff over at RotoBaller.com. Definitely come check us out this week. That's right. Yeah, I appreciate everybody listening, and uh, like I said, give us a follow, hit the like button, and uh, Joe. Oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here it is. I forgot. It's major majors. We always got to give the the AK shout out. Our guy. That's right. Our guy, the legend. We miss him. <laughs> we miss you. We miss you, baby. We miss oh, you, baby. Come back. Come back. Come back. We need Come you. Back. Uh, maybe we do a GoFundMe and raise about twenty million to get him back on the court. <laughs> uh, it might take at least that to get him yeah. back. Anyway, that's our episode. You've listened to the turn the turn fantasy golf pod. Uh, we'll talk, we'll talk to y'all next week. Uh, Joe, just go out there and make lots of birdies, baby. All right, Andrew. Good talking to you, man. Good luck this week. Hope everybody has a good one. See you, buddy. See you.